We have encountered many friends and we have fought many foes. And through this have we learned what is what is right, what is wrong, and what our true path is meant to be. Hey, better, 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 swing better. say I am the storyteller of the Owl Clan and and the feats I saw today is certainly worthy of the story of that clan. A gift given freely is a gift, the mighty gift indeed. Think well on what we discussed this day. Chapter 183 Feats worthy of a story. Okay. So in the last episode, you guys had uh, traveled up out of the uh, summer or the winter valley for the Dragonborn to their summer heights and had uh, had a chance to interview uh, Kerval's sister Kava on what is happening in the heights with the dragonborn and uh what uh, what did you discover there Kraval? well the mine is being very fruitful but there is obviously resistance to it still as well as the direction that we are taking the dragonborn nation uh the reds are still very un very unhappy with the fact that they're not in charge so they've sent their newest war leader to challenge Kraval. However, the newest war leader is only a 13-year-old lad who's just barely proven himself. Yeah, how did that make you feel? Suspicious, for one. Unfortunate, for another. Um, Cotter's going to be my second, and no one's watching the fight, but also watching the crowd, which makes you feel a lot better. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a shock to find out that... Uh, they, uh, your challenger is actually just a kid barely out of his, uh, trials of adulthood. Um, and, uh, yeah. And what else did you, what else did you discover while, uh, you were talking to your sister there? Um, they were basically ready for winter, but, um, they are very much aware that, that there is war looming between the two major cities and that the last delivery that they were expecting hasn't made it yet, and I think that might be why. Yeah, so it appears that um, rather like casting a stone in a lake, that ripples have come out from all of your actions up here, uh, finding the mine, uh, arranging for food for the uh, dragonborn, and uh, these ripples have cascaded down into the valley and... Uh, have uh, affected the goings-on down there in ways that you couldn't have uh, con you know, considered to begin with. But, you know, when one problem is, seems to be get two more at this point. Anyways, so we are ready for the ritual combat. The uh, other dragonborn has entered the ring, and uh, he's kind of stomping around and uh, sort of puffing himself up 
and uh, getting ready for the combat to happen and uh, basically is, is uh, kind of um, stalking back and forth on his side of the ring and, and uh, saying to the assembled crowd that, uh, that he will kill you. He will. And uh, that's where we're sitting right now. Uh, anyone want to do anything before this begins? I don't think it's really my place to do anything, so I'm just going to be entertained. Can I scan the red, the dragonborn crowd? I want to see how many older hunters are there. Oh, very good. Um, yeah, and it seems like it's mostly either the very young or the very old. Um, the really fit ones in between um, either have already repaired down to the lower valley or they have um, joined the resistance or what have you. But it uh, seems like a, it's either real young or real old at this point in time. And, and not a lot of the real old ones either because they obviously would have gone down to the lower valley earlier. Okay. What are the specific rules of the contest? Like, is it specifically to the death? Um, well, if you remember last time um, when Creval defeated the other uh, champion for the Red Dragonborn, um, it was not his inclination to kill him outright. The only reason that he killed him was that uh, he had the other Dragonborn had broken the rules of, of uh, the arena and had used his uh, breath weapon on, on Creval. Um, but uh, yeah, so usually it's not to the death, but it is well within the purview of the combatants to kill one another. I mean, it is, it is a harsh challenge. So yeah, they can, they can totally kill the other person and no one would think any of the worse of it. Mm-hmm. And certainly it seems that the uh, challenger uh, has that in mind. Hmm. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but do we know, like, is it common is it like only in name that you don't have to kill the other person and everyone does it? Or is it common to spare your opponent? Um, most of the time it does not go uh, to the death, um, but it, it happens often enough that it's not, un- not unusual. But usually, I mean, this is the right of dominance. The idea is to defeat your opponent and then take primacy in the council. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anything else before we begin? No, I don't think so. I'm going to be looking and seeing who is cheering the most in the crowd, be it the young ones or the old ones. Okay, and they all seem to be cheering uh, equally, although obviously the older ones are a little more sedate about it and not quite as enthusiastic. Um, So anything else? Okay, well, the challenger is stomping at you there, Kaval. Can we get a initiative roll? 18. Okay, very good. You get to go first, so he's stomping up at you. What are you going to do? Um, it's just my skill versus his skill, right? Pretty much. Cool, I cast old person. Well, you would think that that wouldn't be well-received because... Um, That's why I asked. <laughs> Well, you would know that. I mean, you basically have to defeat him in combat. Okay. Um, Then I will walk up. Does he already look like he's in a rage? Uh, Not yet. 
Okay, then I will walk up, and rather than use the club, I'm going to haul off and punch him right in the face. Okay. Um, well, obviously, this will be seen as a bit of an insult because... Uh, will it really? Yeah, because you're you're basically saying, you know, it's like, I don't even have to use this club. You're so insignificant. No, then, then I won't do that. I, I'm just trying to... I don't want to kill the kid is what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I will just take the hammer and just try... Or the club and try to get him right in the gut shot. Okay, so roll to hit. My first roll was a nat 20. Okay, so um, you're going to school the youngster, apparently. So, yeah, you uh, faint and then just absolutely bring the club down on him. That's 10 points of... Oh, wait, that's two of these. Hold on. Uh, That's 14 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. And seven points of radiant damage. Okay, and uh, how does that look when the radiant damage goes off? Um, I think just as the impact hits, there's just, I don't know if it's a divine flash so much as this is just a a red glow that seems to permeate the wound that increases the damage to it. Okay. And um, you see that the people that are closer to the uh, to the combat notice that happening and they all just start muttering um, in kind of respectful awe back and forth um, and and you hear um, the word Nuada uh, frequently uh, coming from the stands so apparently they realize that you're charged with the holy power of Nuada and uh, they uh, are most impressed even even the ones on the uh, the opposing side okay is the kid still standing yes he uh, okay, I well, am not and, and, I want to make this perfectly clear I am not trying to kill this kid Sounds good. Well, you still have to uh, still have to face him in combat here, but uh, and and actually, and you know, even though he's a thirteen-year-old kid, you know how some of the kids, uh, as we're, you're growing up, got their growth a lot sooner than the others. Um, this one apparently is one of those. He, he even though he's you know, like I said, looks like a thirteen-year-old, he's a big kid. I mean, this this is the kid that would have ended up uh, playing you know linebacker for his football team if it, it was a uh, you know here here in the normal the uh, modern day and uh he's so he's a, he's a big muscly kid and uh he uh grunts in pain after you uh thwack him really hard there and he flies into a rage and well i wasn't done yet but i, I will t- as well my bonus okay. actions are going to rage. very good and just shouts at the sky and then brings his uh war bat around and he does so three times and you realize that he is a berserker uh, uh awesome. barbarian so he's going to uh slice at you three times with his war club and two of the times um are a 10 and an eight so i'm gonna assume that those don't don't get you even though you're just down to your skivvies at this point correct and uh, so he's swinging a little wild but the middle one is a nat 20 so nice. so he uh he does connect on that middle one solidly with you Ooh, my gosh, yes. Um, so very solidly. So 26 points of uh, bludgeoning damage from the from the club strike there. Okay. Very good. And we go to the next round, so your turn. Hey, better, better, better. Swing, better. Uh, 16. 16 does hit him, just barely, yes. Okie dokie. 
Actually, what is your AC now that you're uh, down down to your uh, kilt there? Fifteen. Okay. Uh, eight points of bludgeoning and eight points of radiant. Okay. Ouch. And then I'd like to use my war priest ability to do a second attack. Okay. Uh, fourteen. So that's probably gonna miss. Yes, just barely, but uh, he's able to block it. That's my turn. Very good. And he will uh, swing back at you three times. And much better this time. He uh, seems like he's got the range. So a 20, a, a 17, and a natural 20 again. So he's nice. uh, he's going to tag you pretty good. You get the feeling this kid is uh, pretty darn talented when it comes to the... Uh, the martial arts here. Okay, so the first one didn't, oh my gosh, I'm just rolling incredible here. The first one wasn't that good, only got six points of damage, but then the next one, he is just laying into you. Um, so uh, like I said, six points on the first one, but then 16, 15, and 16 points for the next um, for the next two. There, is double damage on that nat 20. So how much total? I'm adding that up because that's a lot of big numbers. So the total for this round. You hit, I have four. You missed once and then you hit three more times. Yeah. So 53 points of damage for uh, for this round. There was an at so, 20. Okay. So how much total? I'm sorry. 53. He gets tagged for this round as he just lays into you. And obviously this brings a lot of cheers from the stands and actually... Um, those of you over on, on Creval's side, you start noticing the, the folks in the uh, stands beginning to, or on the bowl, beginning to get a little nervous. I think they thought that Creval had this one well in hand with this youngster, but all of a sudden they realized the kind of damage that he could do. So at the end of this round, um, can I heal Creval without it being really obvious that I'm healing him? Um, the only thing you could do would be like a healing word? Yes. Yeah. That's why I prepared it. Yeah. Um, and what are you at right now, Craval? 62. Okay. So you do have that option, Cotter, uh, but he's obviously uh, still hail at this point. Although it'd be difficult to withstand another round like that. Uh, no, he's, he takes half damage. He could take that like two times, maybe. Okay. Uh, I'd like to use a first level healing word. Sounds good. Yeah, Kraval, you're doing great. Beat him up. You regain 12 hit points. And obviously... Um, how, how many? 12. I think, right? It's um, 1d4 plus your spell modifier, or is it just charisma? Your spellcasting modifier. Is that... So that'd be wisdom for you. No, it's not. Is that proficiency plus charisma, or just no, charisma? No, just your, just your charisma bonus. Then you only get 8. I, I thought that seemed high. Yeah, that that yeah. Spell casting should be proficiency plus charisma. Okay, is it? Yeah, I guess that's if it's your spell oh, casting your modifier, modifier it's, it's or just spell, your spell casting, casting modifier. modifier. Yeah, so it would just be your wisdom bonus for you, right? Well, I'm gonna swing back, and I got a twenty-four and a twenty-one. Okay, spell casting. and you hit both times. Yeah. Spell casting ability modifier. So yeah, just plus four. Eleven points of bludgeoning. Okay. 
And obviously he's only taking half damage now that he's in a rage as well. Right. Well, at least on the bludgeoning, but the mm -hmm. Radiant's just, just taking full damage. Six points of Radiant, and then the second swing. Ooh, 14 points of bludgeoning. Ouch. And he's actually looking a little bit ragged. He That kind of staggers him. And you now it's the uh, people on the red Dragonborn side that are beginning to gasp and, and look a little, little perturbed. But he... Uh, Swings back in and, and swings three times at you again. And uh, you're maybe able to uh, parry this a little bit better. He gets a 17 on the first one, so he hits you with the first one, but then a 13 and a 14. So he barely misses you with the next two. Yep, stick and move, stick and move. So you take um, 15 points of damage from the one that does connect with you. Okay, and top of the round again, Kraval, you get to go. How much does that one did he hit do? Uh, 15 points. Thank you. Uh, two more swings. Okay. Uh, 16 and a 22. Okay, you hit both times. 18 points of bludgeoning and 5 points of radiant. Okay. And um, he, you actually, at that point in time... You kind of stagger him down to one knee and there's a collective gasp goes up from the crowd and then he struggles back up to his feet and uh, raises his uh, warbat at you and uh, just kind of spits some profanities in your face. And swings three more times and uh, connects with you twice with an 18 and a 17 but then the last one maybe he's getting tired only gets an 8. So two more, two more strikes there. And so six and 14, so 20 points total. So you only take obviously 10 of that. What are you, what are you at now? 55. Okay. And at this point in time, Kral, you're realizing that um, he's not even nearly in your class. He, um, you know, he, he is indeed a 13 year old kid and, uh, you know, he has youth and uh, and aggression on his side, but he doesn't have nearly the experience or stamina that you do. Can I... Does he look like he's about ready to drop? He, You staggered him on that last blow, but he's still standing. And obviously, being in a rage, um, he's not going to drop until the very end. Okay. That's the way it's got to be, I guess. Uh, two more swings. Okay. Uh. 20 and a 23. Okay. And uh, the, obviously both of those hit. 10 points of bludgeoning and 5 points of radiant. Okay. And once again, you, you kind of um, knock him to the ground. And he does that thing where he kind of just, you know, has to get one hand down and push himself back up. And kind of wobbles unsteadily to his feet. Uh, but then he kind of looks at you and he's got fire in his eyes and he swings at you three more times. Uh, but yeah, he seems like, you know, at this point in time, he's just running on rage and adrenaline at this point. Hmm. And uh, once again, he uh, only was able to hit you with one of the three swings, a 19, an 11, and a 14. So barely misses you on that last one. And does 14 more points of damage to you. So he's still hitting you dutifully hard but uh um not quite as accurate as he was to begin with 
Okay. Uh, I will swing back now. Okay. Roll again. Uh, 18. You hit. Can you turn off the radiant bits of your damage? No. it's the, It happens anytime I strike at this point. Seven points of bludgeoning. One point of radiant. Okay. And this time when you hit him, you basically just, he is so exhausted that his shoulder drops and you just club him right in the side of the head. Obviously opens a, a really nasty head gash, but he just goes down and once again, there's this um, collective gasp from the crowd. There's a dismayed call from the uh, Red Dragonborn clan. And he's just sitting there unmoving in the dirt. You can just see his, uh, his uh, back rising and falling uh, as he's breathing shallowly. But uh, clearly, clearly he is out for the count. And uh, once again, I mean, you, you have the option to kill him entirely or what do you want to do? Um, I'll stand over him and then um, my hands will light up with that bluish glow that kind of looks like my electricity and I'll place my hands upon his head and I will cast Cure Wounds at level 1 to seal the wound up and to steady him out. Okay, and um, that obviously brings a whole lot of chatter from the assembled crowd. They, it, just an actual cacophony of people shouting and speaking and um, some of them cheering, other ones of them, uh, you know, sound amazed. And the dragonborn just kind of turns over and just kind of silently says, why? And he, your last war leader broke the sacred laws. That is why I took his life. You have stood with honor for what you believed in. And while we may not agree, it is honor and courage and worthy to have stood in front of you to oppose our our views. You lost this time, but you hopefully will have many years to gain the experience of life before maybe you are the one to take the war leadership from me. Until that time, know who you are mad at and why before you start swinging at them. And I'll just turn and walk away. And you see his second uh, and a couple of other folks coming into the ring to kind of prop him up. And, and uh, he, they limp him back uh, towards the uh, Red Dragonborn tent. Uh, but as you're going up the hill, Kraval, um, you look back. And even though he's being, you know, he's got one arm over the shoulder of each of the people on either side of him. He's looking back at you and roll for me insight. Eight. Eight. Um, yeah, he's got a, a, a quizzical expression on his face that you can't quite make out. Um, it could be confusion. It could be wonder. Um, it may be new respect. It's hard to say. I'll just walk back to Cotter and say, I appreciate the assist, little brother. But I had that. I noticed. I'll just clap, just clap him on the shoulder. I don't know about you guys, but I'm cold. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little chilly out. Even you know, even uh, even in the the uh, fall autumn sun, there um, anywhere in the shadows is uncomfortably cold, and doubly so when you're just wearing a uh, a leather kilt. Yeah, it must have been a lot warmer last time with all the red dragonborn fire and all. 
I almost would have preferred being breathed on at least once. That would have been a much warmer, comfortable experience. I'll just chuckle and collect no one and say, thank you for keeping an eye on the crowd. Maybe they, I have a feeling that potentially that one may have be worthy of being a true war leader one day. You say perhaps when uh, maybe tempers would have calmed and, and feeling slightly less hurt, I'll go visit this young warrior and, and learn of, of their story. Okay. I think they would like that. So are you going to try that tonight or are you going to wait a little longer, like uh, the next time you visit to uh, let the temperature I'll, I'll temper try it tonight. I'll try it tonight because I don't know when the next time I'll visit is. Okay. That is true. We have no guarantees of when we're going to be here next time or if we're going to be here next time. Very good. Okay, so you repair back to the tent for some repairs there, uh, Creval. Uh, do you need to do anything? Roll hit dice or get healing spells or uh, what I'll, do you want to I'll do? I'll just do hit die and some healing spells and get myself back to where I should be. Sounds good. And I think we can just pretty much assume that you uh, get back to full without too much trouble there. You probably want to notch off a couple of uh, cure wounds there. That's exactly what I'm going to have to do. Sounds good. And um, then you're going to strip the strip the paint and put on the uh, your uh, low-end clothes again? Yep, clean up. I mean, clean completely, be, uh, re-armor the whole nine yards, uh, and then sit with Kavon and speak about what we might need to plan for the future, what needs to happen first in terms of once I leave. Sounds very good. And, and Kama says, oh, um, what uh, concerns do you have that we can meet? At this point in time, we're moving ourselves down to the lower pastures and uh, we'll uh, make it, you know, our best attempt to make it through this winter with the meager rations that we have. Although, obviously, with the assistance of the lowlanders, we now have hope. Uh, we need to make sure we keep the reds and in good standing. We don't need to make them enemies. Yes, Different well, opinions are fine, but the, the, it seems as though they're having the same problem we're having in terms of our adult males. So maybe there's a future there if we can foster it appropriately. Yes, and, and, I, and uh, I think the thrashing that you just uh, gave the youngster uh, will give new respect in the eyes of the whole clan to your abilities. Um, let, let us hope that is received well. Also, the um, it, it, we should be speaking now of the fact that eventually, it's not a matter of if, it's when. We will need to be descending from on high in that storm, as you spoke, with our Dragonborn Nation. That things are developing, and it won't necessarily be against the city to the south, to the below us, which I really hope it's not. But there's enough going on that uh, in this wide world of ours that war i think is an inevitable conclusion no matter how hard we try there will at least be some major battle on the horizon well we will make sure that the clans are ready if it comes to visit us so the other thing is i've given our family a set of hatchlings when are you going to do such a thing she says and i'll just turn the conversation to something lighter yeah and she says, well, and, and you can kind of see kind of a somewhat embarrassed smirk on her face. So 
clearly uh, she has somebody in mind. Just spend the night catching up. Sounds good. Okay, and um, for the rest of you, uh, the rest of the evening is um, much more hopeful than uh, and much more encouraging than the uh, lead up up here was. You uh, get to uh, sit with uh, Kava and the rest of the uh, elder clan members in uh, the large uh, tent for the clan, and uh, they share what meager rations they have with you. Uh, which uh, mainly seems to consist of tortilla-like flatbreads and a bunch of meats that they put on it in, uh, after they've uh, kind of more or less stir-fried it. Looks good. I'm, uh, when there is a moment to break, I will go seek out this red dragon. Okay. So uh, obviously things carry on until the, the evening, and after you know, in late evening you're a- actually able to get away there. Um, and at that same time, everyone else goes off to, uh, uh, their various tents for the, uh, party. Um, obviously Kraval has his own tent, uh, being a member of the, you know, the, the, uh, family there, but, uh, they, uh, clear out a fairly large one for the rest of you to, uh, to, uh, go and shelter in. So, uh, presumably I can make my way pretty easily. There's just a few tents here, right? Um, far, far fewer than there were before, and uh, obviously you can see which one is the Red Dragon one uh, quite clearly. Um, so no problem making it over there at all. Okay. So um, I make my presence known in the appropriate way to the Dragonborn. Well, as you approach, um, obviously they, there's, for lack of a better term, guards that still circulate throughout the camp, uh, being up here in the wilds. And as you approach the Card holds his hand up and says, Halt, Lowlander, what do you need here? I say, I come to speak with the young warrior who fought today. And uh, he kind of narrows his eyes at you and says, On what account? I say, I am the storyteller of the Owl Clan. And and the feats I saw today is certainly worthy of the story of that clan, for it did infect its leader. And uh, that seems to be just exactly the correct thing to say. Um, and uh, he kind of considers you for a long moment, and he then just slowly raises one hand and points off in the direction of one of the tents and says, that is Shamash's tent. I say thank you, and I move on to Shamash's tent. Okay, and um, so you go up and kind of rattle the tent, make yourself known, and there's no response. Uh, I will try it again, and if there's no response, I'm going to peek my head in. Okay, and so yeah, nothing nothing occurs, and you peek your head in, and it's completely empty. Uh, well, I mean, not completely empty. All the, the worldly goods are there, but there are no no residents of the tent. This is odd. I'm going to head back out and inform the guard. Say, the the reds are not there. And so the, the guard um, looks around and, and says, you know, they're not required to be there. Perhaps he went for a walk. And do you know where they might be? 
perhaps he is considering the stars or the moon. I do not know. He did not check in with me. But I, if you wish, I will tell him that the storyteller of the snow owls is looking for him. Please do. And very good. And he gives you kind of a curt nod. Um, obviously, you've faced pretty much just antagonism from the Red Dragons previously, but this seems to be more a look of respect. So I, I bid this guard good night and I'll go join the others. Okay. And as you're uh, heading, you turn around and you start heading back, uh, roll for me a perception check. 18. Okay. And so you're, you know, turned around and all the way across the other side of camp, obviously is where the snow owls live. And you know, which one is Kraval's tent. And you see that there is a person in front of his tent, like, uh, you know, rattling the door as if he's trying to, uh, you know, knock to, to get in. And um, at that point in time, let us cut over to Kraval. Someone is rattling your tent flap. Am I in there alone or am I still with Kraval? Um, you are in there alone. You have your own tent. I will stand up and address the door and speak in Draconic. Who, who rattles the door of my tent? you hear a voice on the other side and it's the voice of the red dragon that you just faced. And he says, it is I Shamash and I seek wisdom. I will uh, open the door and look at him. Do I see no one in the distance? Uh, no, it's obviously your tent's a little bit light inside and it's dark outside. So all you can really see is the, the light that's being cast from the, from the lamps in your tent out the, out the door. And there's um, Shamash standing right there. He is no longer in the fighting gear anymore, obviously, same as you aren't. Uh, but he is now just wearing regular, you know, hunter's clothes. He's not wearing armor or anything like that. And uh, he's just sort of standing there. And, and roll for me insight again. 16. Okay. And uh, that's a really good roll. And this is a totally different youth than the one that you just faced. Um, his shoulders are kind of not slumped, but down, and he has a much more humble air about him than the braggart that you just faced in the, uh, in the ring. I'll look at him and I say, I greet you with honor and respect. Welcome to my home. But before you're allowed to cross, stand straight, put your shoulders back. You fought well. There's no dishonor or shame here. Come on in. He uh, does stand up a little straighter at, uh, at that and enters the, the tent and uh, he says, while there is no shame, I learned a valuable lesson today. Not all can be solved by swinging your bat harder. And he kind of drops down to his knees in a, in a kind of a sitting uh, position. And I wish to know the secrets of what you did there at the end. Um, I was pummeled to the earth by your physical prowess, but then you laid hands on me and I was instantly felt better. What, uh, what secrets do you possess? They say you are a disciple of Nuwada. Uh, indeed I am, proudly so. Uh, give me but a moment. I will quickly cast two spells. I will send a sending to no one and I will send a sending to Cotter asking both of them to please come to my tent. 
and you get the sound of Kraval in both your heads saying that. And obviously, Noan, you were headed back that direction already. Uh, this seems a little alarming because you saw somebody in front of his tent. He entered. Now you get a summons for uh, maybe not help, but to the tent right away. What do you do? Um, I speed in there. Okay. So all of a sudden, Noan is, throws the tent flap wide. Uh, Cotter, what do you do? I'll reply, I'm on my way and move over. Okay, and Cotter arrives a few minutes later in a little more stately fashion. Um, so no one throws the tent flap aside. What are you going to do there, Kraval? Uh, I'll look up and realize that I should have probably been a little more detailed. Say, forgive me, little brother. I did not mean to worry you. Shamash has come seeking wisdom, and I could think of no better than our storyteller myself. And when he gets here, Cotter to help Sharon what he thinks is being a secret and to show him the power of the mind indicating toward uh, no one and then the belief of the heart indicating myself and Cotter when he gets here. So please join us and let's have a conversation. And, and, and Cotter comes through the door just about then. I say, how fortunate. I say, Smosh, I have been wandering, seeking you. How fortunate that we are brought together now. And he says, yes, I have learned a valuable lesson in the ring today. While I am worldly, I am not holy. While I am of great prowess amongst my people and a great hunter, I do not know the secrets of the world. And I come seeking wisdom. I come to change my ways. And I say, which way would you choose to follow? And he says, and he points at Kraval and says, he has shown me that there are other powers out there than just the strength of your muscles, the way he healed my wounds at the end. I had heard he was a follower of Nuwada, but I had never seen such a demonstration before. And Kraval, you know that there's missionaries from Nuwada, from the lowlands that have been kind of unsuccessfully trying to um, evangelize here in the Heights. And, and they've been pretty much been rebuffed uh, from what your sister had said, just because they were lowlanders. Um, are they still here or did they follow the path down to the next camp? They're, they're down in the, uh, in the uh, lower Valley because of the, the weather conditions. Only the people that had to stay here did. Then I'll look at some, I said, well, there are two ways to, there are many, many, things to learn um if you're truly seeking the path that i walk then i will happily talk to you about what is required of you to become a follower of someone such as nawada and who you should not rebuff but indeed embrace if to get further teachings and by that i mean our lowlander visitors who are educated in such a manner you didn't learn to swing your weapon by just picking up and swinging it you went to those that knew more than you to get instruction and that is what you will do here as well. However, uh, what you should think clearly on is, are you looking to dedicate yourself in such a manner to become better this way, or are you seeking to become more in line with yourself? He says, I seek the wisdom that you have discovered. I seek to follow in your steps, war leader. Then I will speak with you about what I know, 
And all I ask you in return is that you indeed share some time with no one here and exchange some stories, because I would like to learn from you as well. And then I will spend some time speaking of what it is to be a cleric of Nawada and asking Cotter to speak of what it is to be a paladin of another god. And then indeed even have no one speak about what it is to not necessarily believe in a god, but to be able to hone oneself to be better than what they originally are. Very good. And so uh, this carries on well into the evening um, and time passes without you guys even noticing it until you realize all of a sudden that especially Kraval, you are especially are a little weary, not even a little weary, but a lot weary uh, after your uh, exercises earlier in the day. Um, what else uh, Cotter and Noan would uh, you want to impart to him during these intervening hours that he speaks with you? So I, I uh, say, Samash, it is clear that you've seen the wisdom of the war leader and you wish to, to have that for yourself, but it is important that you understand why. What is, what is your journey? What is it that you wish to gain from this wisdom? Might, control of the tribe, or the betterment of oneself? And he said, well, I, I, I wish like uh, both, obviously, but I realized that I could not possibly achieve the first without developing myself first. I must better myself. I must learn, and he points to Kroval again, the wisdom that he has learned if I'm to be a leader like he is. And his wisdom, as all of ours, and I, I point to Cotter as well, we have journeyed many roads, we have encountered many friends, and we have fought many foes. And through this have we learned what is, what is right, what is wrong, and what our true path is meant to be. I would suggest you take a similar path and see what the world offers you. He says, yes, I will do that. And he turns to you again there, Kraval, and says, and I'm realizing that the suggestions, the beliefs, the prejudice of my clan is maybe not so wise as I once thought. I must think on this more, but you have opened my eyes and I can tell you this. I will aid you to try to bring my clan around and to keep our people as hale and healthy as possible through the wisdom that you have taught me. I could ask for no greater gift. Just a thought for us. One more thought you may wish to think of. Understand that as difficult as change is and improving oneself, never forget that while we are dragonborn and we are strong, it is our nation that truly gives us the greatest of our strengths. And bettering our nation should always be our main goal, regardless of whether or not we agree. I truly believe that the steps we are taking is to grow our nation in power and in respect and in knowledge. And I hope that that is what you take out of here as well. He says, yes, we can not stand and fight the various threats that occur to us if we are fighting amongst ourselves. I see that now and I will aid you in 
bringing the, all the clans together. But I have taken enough of your time tonight. The hour must be very early. I will retire to my tent and in the morning join everybody as they head to the Winter Valley. Okay, anybody else for any things to impart to him before he goes? I have one thing. So I say, I've heard your words and I believe them to be true. And should you seek the world of the, uh, the wisdom of the world, you too will encounter many foes. And I have a gift that I will bestow upon you that could aid you in this journey. And I take his hand and I slip the ring of protection upon it. Okay. And I say, this will make you harder to strike. And he just kind of holds it up and looks at it. And uh, it just has absolute expression of wonder on his face, Craval. And uh, he uh, kind of looks at you, Craval, as if he's asking permission to, uh, to actually receive it. A gift given freely is a gift, a mighty gift indeed. Think well on what we discussed this day. And he says, I will. And he kind of bows himself out of the tent. And uh, all of a sudden, all three of you realize how tired you are. It's been a, a long, long day. And yeah, it's got to be sometime in the wee hours of the morning at this point. I think we'll get some rest now, my brothers. I'm sure there's more shenanigans for us to get into in the coming of the dawn. Okay, so you guys retire back to your tent there, no one and Cotter? Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the kitty cats are already full asleep at this point in time. And uh, so obviously you try to go as sneakily in there as possible. And they do tabaxi purr when they're happy. I don't know. Did tabaxi purr when they're happy, Misty and Red? I think so. I think it would depend on the... I think it wouldn't necessarily <laughs> be purring, but I think it's more like when like the big cats purr or it's more like a deep growl sounds good i think it depends on tabaxi <laughs> undoubtedly yeah anyway so you sneak in and and uh, get a couple hours sleep um obviously the the morning comes way too early and uh, cats being cats are up early uh you know causing mischief as usual and um you guys wake up, and by the time you actually exit your tent, uh, you come out, and the valley is actually a scene of industry, and tents are being taken down, and uh, you know bundles are being packed, a few uh, burdened beasts have been lined up, and and people are arranging litters behind them, and it's clear that uh, the entire uh, remaining camp is going to clear out by the end of the day to here. Well, I will help break down. I will do my tent and help necessary to get us down to the winter camp. Very good. Yeah. And uh, you get your, your tent down and, and a bunch of the other clan members uh, jump up and, and uh, get it all packed and, and set to, to go down the hill. And uh, your uh, sister comes up to you, Craval, and she says, Thank you again for returning to my summons, my brother and my husband. It has been an awful time lately. It was good to see that perhaps things are looking up. I'm hoping that uh, if we can make it through this winter, that things will look better. Although from what you say, it sounds like the lowlands have their own set of problems. And I will not hold you back from that. Um, 
please uh, continue your way down there to the lowlands and uh, finish your errand and uh, return to us, hopefully in better times. I will stay in touch, and I indeed have full intention of returning. Uh, the next time I do come back, we should sit down and discuss the future of our clan. I cannot be war leader forever, and it would be good to have somebody to start training to take that position when the time comes. And she kind of smiles and says, yes, there are some youngsters that I believe would be more than happy to train under your tutelage. Excellent. Let us smile. Give my version of a traconic smile and keep on helping move down to or the winter camp. Yeah. And actually, she said, as everyone, you know, it's going to take all day for them to get packed up here. But uh, she says, if you wish to leave sooner, um, I do believe the dwarves are readying a shipment to go down from the mine uh, in their carts. And uh, I'm, that would probably save you a bit of a step and not have to hike the whole way. Are you all here then? Protected and ready to go? And she looks around and, and says, yes, we are in good shape at this point. Uh, we've just to pack up everything and, and uh, then uh, by evening we should be down in the valley and uh, ready to set up for the winter. Uh, then I think I will take your advice and lead my war party toward the dwarves. Okay. It may be frustrating to do so, but continue to encourage those that would listen to speak to the missionaries from the WADA. I think perhaps all they really need is just some one or two to start the flow toward that particular expansion of our clan. And she says, yes, um, there has been resistance um, to the teachings of the lowlanders that have come to evangelize for Nuwada's, uh you know, wisdom. But perhaps, uh, perhaps, yes, we just need a couple of cracks in the dam and it should burst forth. Yeah, maybe that Shamash kid. I have a feeling you might find a potential ally there. Really, she says, and and she does looks genuinely surprised. I will take your advice, she says. I, I will, in a rare display, I will actually give her a hug instead of just mm -hmm. a typical greeting goodbye. Yep, and she gives you a squeeze back. I'll grab our our party and say, "We have some dwarves to go meet." Very good. And it's a short hike over to the mine from here. And uh, you guys are kind of amazed when you get there. Um, the uh, dwarves have been busy. There is a large tailings pile outside, um, in the, you know, obviously segregated by the uh, overburdened rock and the actual ore. And uh, there's not that much ore left. They seem to be transporting that. But there's a couple of very large wagons. And Cotter, you actually recognize these wagons. These are uh, ones that uh, Cinya has arranged. So the, the uh, in fact, the drivers are human or half-elven. And, um, the, but there's uh, dwarves that are uh, sitting beside them. And uh, then the uh, mine itself, it looks very well constructed. And, and you know, there's, there's a big short up entrance way. And it's actually fairly large, um, you know, big enough that they can get good sized carts in and out. Um, so yeah, they've been, uh, been very, very busy in, in your absence. And have uh, definitely dug a good bit into the side of the hill. Uh, look for who is it a human that I suppose or a dwarf I should be looking for to contact point here. Um, you could probably talk to either one of them. Probably well, the I human though, because you you want to talk to actual the carters. 
to get a ride there. Uh, Cotter, perhaps he may not quite have a heart attack if you're the one that talks to him first. I think they'd be used to talking to you, but I'll talk to them. Well, especially since they're your Carters. Oh, no, I mean, yeah, but like, they probably talk to some Dragonborn. Yeah, you know, you're, you are Car- you are Carter the Carter. I'm Carter the Fraser, actually. But anyway, I'll go talk to the Carter and arrange. And uh, you you approach and um, you actually get a double take from the Carter. And he's like, oh, sir, I, I didn't know you were going to be here. Hmm. Well, we were in the area and we were wondering if we could uh, ride on your carts down the hill. So, well, yeah, of course. Um, and uh, he uh, looks at the dwarf that's sitting next to him and the dwarf just says, I'm not moving. And the carter kind of looks back at the ore pile and looks at the uh, the uh, seats. And, and he's like, um, I don't know where he'd sit. But yes, of course you can. Um, you can probably find a comfortable spot in amongst the, uh, the ore. Thank you. And I'll nod to him and say, I'll, I'll bring my group over. And whenever you're ready. Okay. And they, they are ready right away. And so they start heading down the hill. And you guys can all find a... Uh, kind of comfortable spot in amongst the uh, wagons and uh, and um, these guys heading down down the uh, the hill there and uh, that's where we're gonna stop today. Okay, well, yes, definitely stories worthy indeed. A lot of interesting things happened in this particular episode. But the big one, uh, let's pull back the curtain here and see what's happening behind the screen. So there was actually a ulterior motive, I guess you would say, behind this particular episode. You see, if Creval had taken his wrath out on this newcomer and just summarily killed him, then the rebel tribes would have just pulled out. And by the time they got down to the Winter Valley, only about half of the Dragonborn would have been there. And that would have repercussions coming up very soon. Instead, he chose a path of mercy and in that fashion got the red dragons on his side. And that is, again, going to have some repercussions in a good way very soon. But things still aren't looking really good. Uh, The Dragonborn are still teetering, although uh, this has done quite a bit to repair the damage previously done to intertribal relations. And apparently there's perhaps a war about to start on the valley floor below them. So what's going to happen? We're going to have to wait for the next episode to find out. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head.